Are you struggling to get better at golf on your own? Let me tell you something. Brooks Kepka, Rory McIlroy, even Tiger Woods have one thing in common. They all have personal golf instructors. So if the best players in the world have them, why shouldn't you? When I finally decided that I wanted to get better at golf, I called my buddy Jason Gandy at Willow Creek Golf Club. Jason is a phenomenal player that used to dabble in mini tours and a former caddy on the PGA Tour, and now is using his skill set and knowledge to help others in the game he loves. You can get in touch with Jason at Gandy Golf. That's at, at G A N D Y Golf on Instagram or Twitter. And if you're not in the East Tennessee area, that's no problem. He has the proper technology to help you wherever you might be in the world. Once again, hit Jason up with a DM at Gandy Golf, that's at G-A-N-D-Y Golf on Instagram or Twitter, and tell him the boys from the turn sent you, and he'll give you his best deal. This is The Turn, Fantasy Golf Podcast. We're just two dudes talking about golf, just like we do every week on the phone, and we decided, hey, let's record it and share it with the rest of the world. If you like what you hear, wherever you're listening, give us a follow, a good review, a good rating. It goes a long way for us. And don't forget to share with your buddies either. One thing you're always going to hear from us on the turn is rotoballer.com. Rotoballer.com is a one-stop shop for all your daily fantasy needs. Whether you're looking for stats, injury reports, or good articles to read. And there's even a lineup optimizer that built into the software. And right now, due to the COVID-19 outbreak, Rotoballer is offering 50% off the golf premium package for the rest of the season. And when you're signing up, if you sign up with the promo code NICE, N-I-C-E, you'll get an additional 10% off that price. So go to rotoballer.com and sign up for the golf premium package and use the promo code NICE. And now, it's time for the turn, Fantasy Golf Podcast. Welcome into week four of the Turn Fantasy Golf Podcast. My name is Andrew Poor. I go by Andrew Putters on all the social medias. I'm here with my good friend and buddy, Joe Nicely. Uh, we are here, like we said a few weeks ago, golf is back, jam-packed. Now, before we get into the golf, let's talk about the elephant in the room, Joe. And you don't even know where I'm going with this. I don't. Uh, 2019. July 4th scramble at the Brook. What happened? We took down the title, right? Title. We took down title. the title. Raise the, raise the banner. Me and my brother, my dad, and you and Maples took down the title. And somehow we have been replaced. Buddy, they're, they're trying to break up dynasties. It's like the, it's like the Patriots. They're trying, to, they're trying to break up dynasties over there. I'm telling you what, I've never, we're going to have to talk to the GM about this. Yeah, I, I've never felt so betrayed in my life as I have as I got that phone call saying that we're not playing together this year in the July 4th scramble at the club, at the, at the Brook, hashtag the is, Brook. Hashtag the Brook, it's horrible. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out what happened. I, I, I don't know. I was late to the party on all this, but yeah, yeah the, the championship team, there, there, there will be no repeat at the Brook this year. That's right. That's right. Oh, no, fun and games. But uh, other than that, how's it going, Joe? As you can see, let's hope we get through this video, this recording. We're on hotel Wi-Fi. I'm in Fantasy <laughs> Beach, Florida with the family, vacating. Uh, and 
Joe's back in Knoxville, so we're literally only recording this because we have technology. Um, and we hope this goes well. If you're watching, we just launched a YouTube page. So if you're watching that, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. Uh, send us a comment. Let us know what, what you think about us. But um, let's just uh, get right back in then. This weekend, this past weekend, Travelers Championship, something big happened. What happened, Joe? Tell me about it. Uh, well, the member member at the brook. Is that what you're talking oh, about? No, that is not <laughs> what I'm talking about. I'm talking about what took social media by storm Sunday afternoon following a DJ win after another weather delay. Yeah, they man. Pretty I, good practice, practice, cracked a pretty good winner, huh? Yeah, man. I, I was really fortunate. I, I took down a pretty good, pretty good tournament on DraftKings, the uh, 35K Drive the Green tournament, a little $5 tournament. Um, took it down 110,000 for first. So just uh, really blessed, man, and fortunate to uh, to do that. It was a, it's never easy. It's never easy. <laughs> I was looking at my lineup, and at three o'clock, I, I really thought that, I really thought that I was going to run away with it. And of course, um, before it was over, ended up in a complete and total dog fight. Um, seesawed back and forth with a couple other guys. Guys, first, second, third back and forth came down to the end um but yeah man really really fortunate to take that one down had dj in there who we talked about last week uh, as we closed out the the show um hovlin a couple other guys dr edmund we touched on um but yeah man just just really thankful to do that and it feels good to get a win but these things are so hard to win man especially especially big gpps like that um that, that there's always a little bit of luck involved but really really thankful to to do that that's right. And uh, if you check out our YouTube page, uh, YouTube channel, you can go back and see where Joe kind of breaks down. He gives about a five, seven minute breakdown on, on how, where he, how he went about picking his lineup, how, how he thinks about how he's putting players in and things of that. A little bit of strategy, I would say, right, for those that are either getting into this or want to know how Joe thinks or, or somebody that, that follows it week to week thinks. Is that right, Joe? Yeah, man, it's nothing too involved. Like you said, I think it's just like a – like a seven or eight minute video just wanted to kind of kind of hit on some things so those of you that might just be getting the pga dfs you can you can check it out and kind of kind of see what the thought process is um what i really tried to put across in that video um the lineup review video is uh kind of keep building lineups um it's really easy a lot of weeks to to fall in love with maybe the first or second lineup that you build um, I know a lot of people are short on time. You might just make a lineup and throw it in there. Um, but for those of you guys that really want to pursue trying to win a GPP or have the time and, and the want to, to to put the time into it, just build rosters. You don't even have to put them in tournaments. Just get on there, build rosters. Um, because the more you build, the more familiar you make yourself with the salary scale for that week, um, you'll find yourself come up with some pretty cool things. Um, that lineup that I won with was uh, kind of towards the end of the bills I made. And it was, you know, trying to pivot off some guys that I had a bunch of exposure to, uh, trying to di differentiate a little bit with ownership playing around. Um, so it, it worked out really well. And I, I definitely recommend that you do that. Yeah. And we just actually, before we got on, uh, started talking about it was interesting. And one of the, one of the things that obviously helped you was, it was a tough week on the cut line. Friday, me and you were not happy. 
on the cut line that a couple of key players fell just short. And uh, I think I heard this. I don't. I don't have the exact number, but somewhere around six percent of the of the teams on DraftKings got through. And I think that's in the milli, milli in the million millionaire maker only. But um, yeah, I think uh, I think overall, man, it was right around there, five six percent. Uh, had six out of six lineups so and like you said I had uh, we we were both kind of hurting there Friday evening um, I think you did as well but I had a ton of exposure to Tony Finau uh, who was one shot off um, so that was just brutal for tons of lineups he was part of my core built tons of lineups around him had a lot of Brian Harmon who also came up short um, but that's also if if you are going to play multiple lineups that's that's kind of what I was talking about a second ago is you can use that as an opportunity to get some exposure to guys you might not have in a ton of lineups, um, but you might want to kind of cover yourself a little bit, hedge if you want to say that, uh, with some guys. Um, in that particular lineup that won, I, I had uh, Bryson DeChambeau, who I had in almost every lineup, Victor Hovland, who I had in almost every lineup, uh, Dustin Johnson, who I had in a lot of lineups, and I had Doc Redmond, who I had a ton of exposure to. But I also had uh, Joel Damon, who I only had in a couple lineups. And I had Harold Varner III, who I only had in a couple of lineups. Um, so it pays to just kind of play around with these different guys, um, try different combinations, you know, swap out your, your core a little bit in some lineups. Um, but, yeah, it, it, was, it was a tough week last week. Um, where we saw some big-time names. I think JT missed the cut. Uh, Morikawa missed the cut. Uh, Finau had a bunch of guys that were popular not play the weekend, and so it, it kind of opened things opened things wide up. Yeah. Um, Finau missing the cut was – I mean, he was highly on in the, in the mid to high 20s, I think. I saw that. Um, and what was interesting about your lineup was that you said that you – uh, were rostering um, Bryson in almost every lineup. And um, we had talked for a few weeks about it's interesting watching Dustin Johnson play whenever he's like, you see him, it's almost like it, he's like, I won't say the stock market, but he just, his, he gets a little bit better every week and then he wins and then he goes away for a little while. And I'm not saying that's what he's going to do this year, but it was almost like, I mean, basically what we said happened. It was really weird in that way, don't you think, with DJ? Yeah, man, you uh, you called it perfectly last week um, when you brought him up and kind of mentioned how he looked at Hilton Head. And, and that was a, that was a big reason why I started looking at him harder uh, was you bring him up last week at the end of the show. Um, we, we saw him starting to kind of round into form, right? We, we said we didn't, we didn't necessarily like taking him off the layoff and that, that – proved to be pretty true at Colonial, um, but he looked a little bit better at Hilton Head. He was striking the ball better. The putter seemed like it was coming around. Um, and so we, we just caught a good week at Travelers. He, he started putting it all together. I, I know we had a new putter in play. I don't know if he had used that one at Hilton Head. Um, I watched a ton of coverage Sunday, and he had a, uh, had a new putter in the bag. It seemed to do really well with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if that, that changed, which he changes putters a lot. I don't know if that, that putter change just happened last week or if it was a couple of weeks ago. Um, but, yeah, man, great call on DJ. A uh, great win for him. Kind of a reminder 
to everybody of of just how dominant a player he can be when he's when he's right. Um, he he put on a show there, man. Especially Saturday, sixty one on Saturday. Yeah. Um, um, I it it was it was funny that he shot sixty one and almost seemed to not he didn't he didn't make up any ground because didn't didn't Brandon Todd or uh, yeah I think uh, Brandon Todd shot like uh, I think he shot sixty three Saturday. Yeah, it's like um, he didn't gain any ground. I mean, he got up to second or third, or he got up to second, obviously, because he was the next last group. But there for a while, like, God, these guys were just lighting it up. Yeah, they came out. They came out Thursday. I mean, it looked like it, they were just going to go ballistic. We we mentioned on the on the show last week that somebody might flirt with fifty nine, and Mackenzie Hughes shot sixty Thursday. Mm-hmm. So I mean, they were going super low out there. I think. I think the uh, tournament organizers probably made the pins a little bit tougher um, on Friday to slow things down a bit. And they got a little bit of wind Friday afternoon. But, but yeah, DJ DJ put himself in position Saturday. Um, that's that's why they call it moving day. You want to put yourself in position for Sunday. Uh, it's kind of similar in DFS. You know, you're, you're not ever going to win a DFS tournament on Thursday or Friday or Saturday. Um, but you do want to kind of be putting yourself in position on Saturday for uh, for things to go right for you on Sunday. And that's kind of all you can do, man, is, is hope you're in a good spot. Hope your guys go out and play well on Sunday, uh, which DJ did. Um, so it was, it was a good tournament, man. I'm, I, I really enjoyed watching it. Yeah, we can't, we can't though, uh, talk about our good, good things and forget about our bad whiffed on the Lucas Glover call. Completely whiffed on that. You know? We did. I we did. I, I was surprised by Glover. He kind of came out of nowhere for me. I I I was on him a lot last year. I played him in a lot of lineups last year, um, especially early in the year, and he kind of fizzled out a little bit. But I didn't didn't seriously consider him. Phil's another one. You brought Phil up, and he he comes out and goes nuts <laughs> first couple of days. He was he was right there in the mix. He kind of. Kind of fell off a little bit Saturday, but that's a great call. Uh, great call by you bringing Phil up, also. Yeah, I thought we was going to catch lightning in the bottle with Philly Mick. I, don't, uh, I mean, he looked like he wasn't going to go away after the first two rounds, but four days is a lot of golf trying to play four days in a row. I'm not saying that because he's 50 years old or nothing, but there's a lot of holes in there, you know, to get to that. Yeah. One very disappointing especially on the weekend, I thought was uh, John Rahm just disappeared on Sunday. Never was – of course, I know they were all several shots back, so I'm not saying that they had a chance to win, but he went through about a four-hole stretch at four over par and got it back to even par, I think, at the end, but just completely disappeared. Uh, Knoxville shout-out, uh, Scott Stallings tied sixth. Um, good showing for him. I mean, he played solid golf all week. He actually played last two weeks pretty solid, just needs to get that putter going. Yeah, he really did. Um, it's always great to see him play well. Um, we got a got a lot of talented guys from this area um, playing on the PGA Tour, uh, Corn Ferry Tour. And uh, I think I, I think we talked Friday or Saturday. I was like, man, if Stallings makes some putts, he's going to make a run this thing. And sure enough, he, he came out Saturday and got the putter going a little bit. So, Always good to see great finish from him. Uh, really happy to see him up there. 
Yeah, I'll, and I'll give you a little insight on Scott Stallings. You know, whenever he first came out on tour, he was a bomber. And what I mean by that is, what people don't realize is he was probably like the fourth longest hitter in the world at one time. I'm saying like DJ, Woodland, um, Bubba, and, you know, there might have been a couple. More. I mean, there's several guys that can hit it out there, don't get me wrong, but constantly hit it out there, right? They have that extra gear. And he was one of those guys. He won three times very early in his career. And, you know, he had a little bit of the, the legal issue, the health issue, whatever. Well, the health issue, it turned into the legal issue. And, um, you know, he got into this eating healthier, working out. And not saying that took over his life, but it's, it seemed to take more of his focus. Just just from a bystander, this is nothing personal speaking to him or anything. Uh, but I definitely think the, so through that time, I do know, I remember listening to him in an interview say something about making a small swing change where basically he's not going to try to murder the ball. And I don't know if you noticed this, but his, you know, his, he still hits it out there, don't get me wrong, but his driving distance is about 10 yards shorter on average than it used to be. But his um, accuracy is a lot higher. Um, he, he, he's, I guess, more concentrated on hitting fairways and greens. Um, and and it seems like coming out of this quarantine, he is fired up about golf again. Uh, I mean, you know, he didn't live in Knoxville for a few years. He was out in Arizona training and stuff out in Phoenix, I believe. Now that he's back, I feel like maybe he's happy. You know, he got to spend all that time with his family. Because I didn't in the last five years, I ain't heard about him shooting no 59 or 60 somewhere uh, here locally. Oh, and right. uh, I heard that a couple of times. Uh, yeah, he was playing a lot during the uh... – you know, when he could, he was playing a lot during the uh, during the layoff. <clears throat> uh, he does a ton of great stuff for uh, for uh, junior golf around here. Uh, he was really active in that, I know. So, yeah, man, uh, it's always great to see him play well, just just because he's a local guy and a really good guy. Um, so, always great to see him him playing well on the PGA Tour. That's right, and I, that's going to lead me into this next part about the uh, the, the, the golf course this week is that. He loves Donald Ross designs. He's a member at one. He plays them all the time. And that's where we're going to this week. The second playing of the Rocket Mortgage Classic at Detroit Country Club, which uh, I didn't know till today was actually two courses that they bring a few holes over to make one for this tournament. Like I said, it's the second playing. Uh, last year was inaugural. It's par 72, 7,294 7, yards. Um, last year's winner was Nate. How do you say it again, Joe? Last Lashley, Nate Lashley. Nate Lashley at twenty-five under got in the field as an alternate, and that hasn't happened in a number of years. The interesting thing about this week, um, first time we're going to see four par fives on a golf course since we uh, got golf going back again. And like um, me and Joe were talking about it before, you know, I'm. I'm big on Donald Ross golf. I love, I mean, I love his design work. I love that. I mean, it, he's an influencer in the game as far as everybody, you know, he's an early 1900 designer. And so basically every, a lot of historic courses in America, you know, were him and a lot of the designers, a lot of the architects kind of, I ain't saying they try to copy him anything, but I mean, he was the, I guess the, the it factor of that time period and you know somebody to study under i guess yeah yeah he's obviously uh 
very very influential um golf course architect mm-hmm. designer um we were talking before we started tonight uh, about pinehurst and pinehurst number two in particular which is a uh, donald ross course um probably one of the one of the better major championship venues there there is out there um just a really beautiful place um this course, um, there's not a lot that stands out. I mean, there's some Ross touches. Um, you kind of have some undulation in the green. Um, they're going to run back to front. So, uh, I mean, it, it, it's probably really important for guys not only to hit the green, but you want to be in good spots. You want to leave yourself with uphill putts. Um, so, I mean, that's that's a reason why we're tar- targeting uh, accuracy guys this week, good iron players. Um, there's not a lot that stands out. Like you mentioned, the uh, – the four par fours or four par fives, I'm sorry, is a uh, is a pretty key, pretty key component to this week. Um, it's the first time these guys are going to get to fire away at, at four par fives uh, since the break. I think that's definitely something we need to focus on. Um, longer guys, guys that play par fives really well, uh, something we want to target this week. Yeah, and and like you said, the, the problem with this week is that we just really don't know. We just don't know. You know that um, there's not any course history other than last year. Uh, Nick Nate Lashley blew the Lashley. Nate, yeah, Lashley Lashley. I never please, please come to the front of the class. I mean, he blew the field away. He shot set shot two under the last round, still blew the field away. Um, and there's just not any history. We just don't know. Only thing we know is. Um, that probably par four scoring is going to, which, I mean, it matters every week, but it's going to matter this week more than ever because I think the par fives are going to be uh, probably most of the field's going to score well on regardless. Yeah, there are um, two of the par fives. The majority field can get there in two. The other two, um, it's going to be pretty much the longer hitters if they can get there in two. Um, but two of the par fives, most of the field's going to be able to get there in two if they want to want to try that um there are some actually some some short par fours there are a couple par fours i believe under 400 yards um so that might be something you want to target in your research but yeah man there's not a there's not a ton that that sticks out this week as far as what what we can really target you know a profile that we're really looking for we like you said we've only got one year of course history that's a really really tiny sample size so we uh we hadn't really got that narrowed down yet as far as course history stuff here. Um, but, you know, I'm just looking for good golfers, which is a little bit harder to find this week. Um, nowhere near the quality of field that we've seen for the for the first three tournaments this week, a pretty significant drop-off um, in the guys that are showing up to Detroit. Yeah, um, major drop-off in the field as I'm looking down through here. Uh, the guy that you just said, the guy you got last week at 6,600, 8,500 this week. Um, but the one thing stands true. Bryson DeChambeau is at the top. Is he at the top of your list coming in again? He is again, man. Um, I mean, we've been doing this for uh, pretty much since the, the tour started back up, right? And I think I've, I think I've talked about Bryson every week. And I'm going back again. I mean, the guy's – He's ran off, I think, six top eight finishes in his last six starts, three before the break and three after the break. Um, all, all, all those finishes inside the top eight. 
Um, he hadn't played this course before, didn't play it last year, but I mean, you, you have to love him on the par fives with his length. Um, you know, he's doing everything, everything well right now. And he logged a T6 last week and honestly didn't look like he was hitting on all cylinders. I watched him all day Sunday and it was, you know, it was just a mediocre little ho-hum. I think he shot 68 or nine and he didn't really play that well. Um, so, I mean, I think like you were mentioning last week, if he goes out and has a really great putting week or goes out and has a really great ball striking week, um, I mean, it's, he's got the potential to lap a field at some point, um, especially if he puts well. Um, so yeah, man, I'm, I'm going back. He, you got to make some decisions this week with, with this kind of field, you know, what you're going to do, but I'm, I'm leaning stars and scrubs and just, start, just starting lineups with Bryson again. Yeah. And, and I do agree that on paper, it just looks like, He's the odds-on favorite, which he is by the numbers. But I was looking at some stats earlier today, and I was literally pulling up, like, I'm trying to find, like, tee to green strokes gain, like the top 25, right? And then I want to look at, like, where they had at strokes gain putting. And I was actually surprised that it seems like Bryson has putted terrible, but he's still 20th in his – I'm saying using the last 12 rounds, so these are the last three tournaments he's played. He's still 20th in the strokes game putting over those 12 rounds, which was kind of eye-opening to me. I thought it would be a lot worse, but I guess it's because he hit it so close. Right. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. and it, which is basically very similar statistically to DJ on a normal, a, you know, normal normal time period, normal period of time, I guess. <clears throat> yeah, we're just, we're just looking for a little bit of a spark there. Um, I mean, he doesn't have to go. He he's playing so well right now. He doesn't have to go out and make every putt to win. Um, he can he can just putt good. He doesn't have to putt great. Um, but I think he's you know, you mentioned his odds. I think he's like six and a half to one this week, which is ridiculous um, in a PGA Tour event. It's something we very rarely see. Um, so yeah, man. I mean, I I don't want to say I'm all in, but like last week, I'm I'm most of the way in uh, on on Bryson again this week. Yeah, and well, just using that theory that I just told you about, you know, it, it kind of brought me down. And my two guys that I'm loving this week, on paper anyway, is uh, Matsuyama and, and Hovland. Uh, they hit the ball, tee to green, as good. Maybe don't have the distance that, that Bryson has, but uh, they, they definitely have been making the putts. And um, this field – that we're seeing this week is eerily similar to a field that you're going to see um, in, say, the Puerto Rican Open. There's a few stronger players, obviously, at the very top, but other than that, the same field. Same field you're going to see there. And we got two winners in the field from there that stick out, and that's Fina and uh, Victor Hovland. So, I don't know. That's I, I think I'll be starting my lineups with uh, Matsuyama and Hovland and going from there. I, it's hard for me to – to not put in those top four guys, but uh, I just hate paying up because it, it, they're just so high, especially the top two. Yeah, yeah, I I love Hovland this week. Um, I had a ton of him last week, and and like Bryce, and I'm I'm going back there, man. Um, uh, we were talking before we started recording, and and I'm <clears throat> I'm starting a ton of lineups out with. I'm just trying to stick Bryson and Hovland in there and seeing what I can do from there. I mean, it's still kind of early in the week when we're doing this, but that's where I'm leaning this week is stars and scrubs. And, 
and I'm going to have Hovland in the majority of them. Um, he, he's striking the ball great. <clears throat> Led the Travelers field last week in the strokes game, T to green. Um, finished T11, but he lost three strokes putting last week. Um, so he all he needs is a warm putter. Um, and he, he looks like he's right there ready to win a tournament with the way he's striking the ball. Uh, he's worked a lot on a short game, talked about that. He's improving. Um, he was about even with the field last week as far as strokes game lost uh, around the green. So he's he's improving a little bit in that area. Um, he's got a way to go. He's still super young. But, yeah, I love him on this course. And he's one of the guys in the field this week that does have some course uh, experience. He had a T13 here last year. Uh, Matsuyama, I'm probably not going to get there myself, but I, I, I hear where you're coming from with him. I think the uh, – he, he's one of the guys that this break really did hurt because um, it seems like a million years ago, but he came out in the players the first round. What did he shoot that day? Uh, 63 or 61 at Sawgrass? 63. Yeah, and he, he's just not looked the same since. Um, he's one of those guys that's probably going to have to work himself into form. Um, it doesn't appear like it's there right now, but he can go out and, and win on any golf course and play well. Um, so, yeah, man. Uh, and then we've also got you know, the guy that won a couple weeks ago, Webb Simpson up there, nobody seems to be talking about him. Um, I'm a little guilty of that myself. I'm, I'm so so sold on Bryson, but we got Webb right there too. Uh, what are you thinking about Webb this week? Anything? I mean, just it's kind of crazy to sit here and say that you're going to be playing Webb Simpson over uh, Bryson DeChambeau, if you think about it. Um, but – I mean, the guy took a week off. I don't know. Other than that, that's the only thing I got against him is he took a week off. It was voluntary. Um, I mean, it, there ain't no doubt in my mind, though, that Bryson's got this killer I want it thing going on right now, and that's the edge that I think that he has. I just It's just hard for me to pay up uh, 11 7 11000 to get him, um, and really even Hatton or Reed as well, and that's – but what is interesting to me is Reed being the fourth uh, highest on DraftKings. You know, this course doesn't necessarily – heck, there's no course that fits him. <laughs> and, uh, but he always – he he finds a way to sneak into top 20s, top 10s. I mean, you know, I think it was issue 64 on the week – Sunday this year, this week. And and he, he – Yeah, man. I <laughs> When it goes in, a lot of them go in. Yeah, I'm with you on Reed. I can I can just never crack the code on that dude. <laughs> I mean, he's just one of those guys that I, I look at a lot of stats and statistically you can just you can just never figure him out, man. One week he's he's the greatest ball striker in the world. The next week he can't hit his irons at all. Um, pretty well has an amazing short game all the time, which bails him out of some bad ball striking weeks. Um, he played well here last year, um, so I, I think that's. That's maybe what, what has his price up there and, and also world ranking and some stuff like that probably goes into it. But, I mean, he's a guy you got to respect, but he's he's never a guy that just, just jumps off the page at me that, I, that I'm just knocking people over to roster. Um, kind of feel that way again this week. I mean, I can understand the play, uh, but probably not a guy that I'll get to very much. Um, Hatton's kind of similar. He's always tough to peg statistically. He's – He's played really, really well. So I mean, he's he's an intriguing guy this week. Um, played played extremely well. Won the Arnold Palmer there before the uh, before the layoff. 
So, I mean, he's a guy you can give consideration to. Um, and then Hovland there at 10. But once you drop below Hovland, man, there's there's not much that I'm crazy about. You got Sungjae there. Uh, Fowler's not playing well. Finau we talked about really not playing well. I mean, you always feel like he's got a chance to turn it around. But do you really want to go back there this week? Um, I mean, that might be something to consider if his, if his ownership's going to be lower because he did miss the cut last week. Um, but, yeah, down through that 9K range and even down into the 8s, there's just not a ton that I'm excited about this week. Yeah. Um, you know, it's going to be hard not to put Finau in lineups this week, right? I mean, normally this golf course is, is what, uh, from what we can understand about, this is something that we'd be pegging him every time. But uh thing about Reed, we can skip back to Reed just for one more second, one more thing about him. Even whenever he doesn't play well, he still makes seven birdies around, seems like. You know, and uh, that's what always keeps me pulling towards him. Um, but like you said, I mean, Hatton has played well. He played well. You said he won uh, before the break, and then, you know, what, he third place with a T3 or third alone at the RBC. And um, – but I just uh, – hits his iron so good. And that's where he's always going to be in a tournament like this. But um, he's had trouble making putts at times. You know, come I, literally the guy could hit it the exact same two days in a row and shoot nine under and even par. Yeah, yeah, uh, he's he's definitely a uh, <clears throat> definitely a streaky guy. Um, right now we're we're maybe trying to catch him in a hot streak, but he keeps taking weeks off, <laughs> so it makes it tough to just try to ride the hot hand with him. Um, but yeah, man, he's he's played extremely well. He he won late last year on the Euro Tour. Um, then he had, uh, I think, a wrist surgery, uh, was off for a while, and then came back, played great in Mexico, and then won at the Arnold Palmer, played great last week, uh, a couple weeks ago, I'm sorry, at Hilton Head, um, off the layoff. So, I mean, he's one of those guys. That Bryson is going to be extremely popular up there, even though he's the highest price guy. We don't we don't see it very often, but he's maybe going to be the, the most popular player on the slate at, with the highest price tag. So if you want to, you know, make maybe a contrarian play up there, Hatton's a guy we can go to, Reed, uh, Webb. Um, there's a lot of options up there this week. Um, but I, I do like the idea of no matter who you want to go with up there, I, I do like the idea of going with one of those guys above 10K to start your lineups this week. And I – I'm normally more of a balanced lineup guy, um, but there's just there's just not a lot that I like down in the nine Ks. Um, I mean, you could maybe go back to Finau uh, would be my lean. Sungjae uh, has not been playing well, uh, but then I mean you got Kevin Na there, Scheffler, um, some guys like that that I'm just not sold on. Um, a guy at the top of the eights as we get in the eight K range is uh, Rory Sabatini. Um, it's kind of sick that he's 8.8K, but I, I do think he's a solid play this week. Maybe a guy that you can you can probably count on to make the cut. Um, played well here last year. Uh, plays well on Donald Ross courses. Um, then we, we dropped down the guy you brought up earlier. I rostered Doc Redman last week at 6,700 on DraftKings. And this week, he's 8,500 on DraftKings. What are, you, what are you doing with Doc, poor boy? 
I'll be tell you what, uh, Doc Raymond's playing well. It's what two straight weeks he's played well on Sunday, especially. Uh, yeah, he shot sixty. He shot sixty-three last Sunday. Shot yeah. a little sixty-three. Yeah, and uh, he. Well, I think was he runner-up last year. I know he finished top five. I yeah, he was runner-up here last year. I think he was a Monday qualifier. Yeah, exactly. uh, runner-up here last year. He's a great college player, but this is kind of where he broke out on the tour um, at this event last year. So we have to feel like he locks the layout. I mean, yes, it's a huge price bump, but there's also um, there's also kind of a lot of factors coming together around Doc. Mm -hmm. um, this week, he's like you said, he's striking the ball well, uh, hitting his irons beautifully. Played great. It struck the struck the irons great at Hilton Head. Struck them great last week. Finally made some putts on Sunday after a great ball, ball striking week. Yeah. Um, and we know he locks this layout. So I. I'll probably go back to Doc a little bit, even, even with the huge price bump. I got to I got to stay loyal to my guy, so I, I, I'll definitely have Doc in some lineups. I don't know that I'll have a ton of exposure, um, just because of the way my lineup bills are kind of looking like they're going to work out. But I, I do like Doc there at eighty five. Well, I'm glad you brought him up too, because uh, what's the guy's name that played well last week from Vanderbilt too? <clears throat> the rookie. Yes, I definitely want to talk about him. Uh, definitely want to talk about him, Will Gordon. Um, he's he's yeah. down he's down in the low sevens. Yes, uh, seventy three hundred. I got him right here. I was just making sure that was the right guy yeah. before I mentioned him. So, yeah, last week he made every putt he looked at. Okay, but I feel like you're getting the same value for twelve hundred dollars less in DraftKings. That's just my thought. Um, yeah, I mean. Dude's a stud. He's 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 a breakout stud. Yeah, he's he's from our area. Um, played his college golf at Vanny. He was a 2019 SEC Player of the Year. Um, so, and Vanny had a had a great team last year. I don't know if they ended up winning the championship or not, but the dude's a baller, man. It's not a fluke. He he's had some sponsors exemptions into other tournaments. He's got a couple top 25s. Um, he played at the RSM Classic back in the fall and had a T10. Um, so this isn't just like a fluky thing. Um, the dude, the dude can play, and um, you know he's definitely somebody you consider down there in that low seven range. Um, I like him a lot, actually. I, I'll probably have him in several lineups. Um, just kind of a we've seen these guys come out of college and play well, man. Um, I mean, even going back to like John Rahm, you know, a few years ago, but especially last year, we saw Hovland, Morikawa, Wolf, all these guys play great out of college and. And Gordon looks like he could be that type of player that that's capable of doing the same thing, just stepping around on the PGA Tour and and maybe contending for to win a tournament. Yeah, and uh, I I sent you a text this weekend. I probably didn't realize what I was trying to say, but uh, his caddy's a little bit of a celebrity. His caddy's the one that went to the finals in the big break. Uh, yeah, uh, Don Donatello or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's his caddy. So, yeah. Um, I think he's a stud, and I think you're getting the same value, maybe a little less experience. Uh, guy obviously can play. I mean, well, he, sh he shot two low 60 rounds. I know that. I think Friday and Sunday he went deep. Yeah, uh, yeah, he did. One question I got for you, man. Is Jason's day sick? What we got going on? Man. I know. I just, I've just – Basically, I've just crossed Jason Day off this year. 
<laughs> I'm just not I'm not letting myself consider him because I'm afraid if I do I'll play him. <laughs> but man, I don't know what what the deal is with Day. I mean, we we know about all all of his injury history. Um yeah. he's always kind of kind of been a a question mark as far as that goes, but he at least when he did play played well. Um and, and we're seeing less and less of that. He made the cut last week. I don't know where he ended up, but I just I just can't get there with him, man. Um I think he I think his putting bailed him out for a lot of years there, his short game and putting, and I just I just don't think they're falling for him at the moment. That's one of the problems. I mean there's there's several things. His his ball striking is is uh by the wayside right now. But yeah, he's just he's just not a guy that, that I can get there with. So you might want to might want to play him because I said the same thing about Phil last week. Yeah. <laughs> The other thing about yeah. Justin Day is mentally, you know, I mean, obviously was he was world number one for what, maybe that three months or something. I don't know. Um, like you said. Yeah, I can't remember that that year. He had a he had just a dominant year. I, I can't I, remember when that was, but it maybe like 2015 or something or 14. Uh, I can't remember, but he was, he was really dominant there for like a year-long stretch. Um, he was number one in the world. But it's kind of been a steady decline since. Um, we're just seeing kind of kind of more spotty play out of him, withdrawn from tournaments, um, injuries. Uh, I know he's had some home life stuff going on, so I mean that might have something to do with it. But he kind of said, you know, during this break that he was going to come out and play, which he's done so far. But it's, and I was hopeful that maybe playing might playing more often might help him, but uh, yet to yet to show any fruit from those efforts. Yeah, I think that he, uh, you know, that that year. I think, I think statistically, it was something like I'm talking about result wise, not ball striking, putting or whatever. But I think result wise, it was like one of the top five years ever in the history of golf. I think uh, now, and saying that, to say this, um, Tiger was three of the other top five. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was a uh, it was a great. That was a great year, and he was world number one. That's the only thing that kind of keeps me wanting to. Yeah. I was looking to hear Strux game putting over the last fifty rounds as he's sixty third or sixty second, and that's probably why you're seeing him just barely make the cut. You know, if yeah, he's low putting. He's just barely gonna make the cut. Yeah, if if Day's not putting well, I mean, he's in trouble. Just mm -hmm. just to be honest, because um, his. His putting had masked a lot of issues for a long time because he, he is such a great putter with such a great short game. And he's always a guy we can look to on kind of harder golf courses um, where guys are going to miss a lot of greens and kind of where par is a good score. Um, that's when I start getting into to looking at Jason Day. But, I mean, I'm expecting a pretty a pretty low score this week. I mean, 25 under won it last, last year. So, you have to expect these guys are going to go low. Um, another guy kind of in that Jason Day vein, we know he's capable of playing well, but hadn't lately looking at him this week because it is a Donald Ross course. What do you think about Sneds there at 79? I'm out on Snedeker. I, I mean, same thing as Jason Day. You never know what his injury boot's going to be. Um, he really hadn't shown anything over the last – few seasons uh, as far as any kind of like uh, um, uh, consistency being competitive 
you know, he has flashes when the putter gets hot. Now, when right. the putter gets hot, he makes everything. Yeah. Um, and this, yeah, obviously the person that wins this tournament, the putter's going to be hot, but uh, I think we'll be better off putting, you know, anybody in that area. Uh, what, is, what is Snedeker? He's 79. Yeah. He's in, he's in kind of that, kind of that dead range for me, man. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of looking at him just because he had a T5 here last year and he loves Donald Ross courses. Um, that course they play the Wyndham on is a Donald Ross layout and he's, he's been dominant there. Um, and he obviously liked it here last year. I think he had a T5. So I'm just kind of, he's never one of those guys that statistically looks amazing. Um, but he's capable of going out there and playing well. So I'm, I'm a little interested in him, just maybe in GPPs um, as a tournament play. Um, I, I like uh, in that area. I like that Rafi Cabarabello or Eric Van Royen. Yeah, EVR, EVR Van Royen is, is interesting. He is a ball striker, man. I'm telling you, he is a ball striker. Mm-hmm. And if he can make some putts, he, he's got a chance to play well here this this week. He's, he's one of those – boomer bus type of guys that we see a lot of especially when they kind of come over from the euro tour you don't really know what they're going to do um he's kind of one of those guys that can can put a top five up or he'll miss the cut but he is a great ball striker great iron player um if, if he can play well or on and around the greens he has a chance to do do something this week um kind of scrolling down there to the mids i noticed uh, Notice today a guy's expected to be really, really popular, and I played him last week. He was, uh, I think, two percent owned, and I think his current ownership projections are around twenty percent. HV three. I don't know if I can get behind him at, at twenty plus percent ownership. Now, where's he at? Low sevens. Seven six. Yeah, I'm gonna be on Stallings in that area. Yeah, or Joseph. I know you're going with the hometown. <laughs> I know you're going with the hometown guy. Yeah, I'm on Stallings, and and, and uh, I, I like it. Uh, like I said before already, you know, uh, actually I like both hometown guys in the sevens. West Roach, he finished top five last year, I think. He's a ball striker. He, did. he can yeah. get his better going. He can finish in the top five in any Don Ross golf course. Um, I I tell you somebody that no, I, nobody talking about him because he, I mean. I'm going to go ahead and say it, Chris Kirk, man. Uh, I ain't heard about Chris Kirk since he made a – what what WD'd in the, in the famous Sawgrass uh, Players Championship whenever uh, whenever the email heard around the world when Joe Nasley wrote DraftKings an email trying to get a rule change. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man. He actually uh, – He's a player, man. He can play. He won on the Corn Ferry Tour. Yeah, he uh, won a couple weeks ago. ago. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but he's went through some personal stuff, but yeah, he's an interesting play, man. Um, especially on, you know, kind of these ball striker type fairway and green courses. Um, we talked about, we touched about on Gordon down there at 73, um, who I think has got a ton of upside. I'll tell you another dude. I'm probably going to sound crazy when I say this, but he, I do think he's got some upside. Um, definitely boomer bust is uh Siwoo, Siwoo Kim there at 7,200. Played really, really well last week. Probably his best ball striking week, and I'll have to look, but maybe literally in a year last week. Um, so, if he finds the irons, finds finds his ball striking, um, youngest players champion ever, um, can obviously get hot and win tournaments. So, I mean, he's a guy that we can look at down there. 
and and I think that's just I think that's what we're doing this week. We're 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 slotting in a couple of elite players, and we're going to see what we can find down in this low seven, high six range. Uh, Siwoo's a guy. Kyle Stanley's a ball striker down there. You can look at. Um, Tyler Duncan is a player I really like. He's made all three cuts uh, since player zoomed. Um, he's down there at 7K, so I'm, I think you can definitely look at, at Tyler Duncan. He's a legit option. Another guy kind of in that Siwoo vein who's who's really, really streaky um, but can get hot and, and post some big numbers in bunches is uh, Patton Kazire there at 69. Um, he's a guy I, I'm interested in this week. You got you got any thoughts on any of those guys in that area? The only thing I was looking at Patton, or because uh, I was consider, seriously considering him, the only thing that scares me is he seemed to be living and dying by the putter as of late. And if <clears throat> yeah, he actually he actually hit his irons well last week, which is why I'm kind of interested in him if he can get those going. Um, like I said, we've seen him get hot. He won won two tournaments there in like a like a two or three month span a couple of years ago. So if he's got those irons going, I mean, he's he's kind of one of those ride the hot hand plays we might look at this week. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't disagree um, with that thought. I just worry about him. I mean, we're I feel, you know we're kind of on this trend of trying to find guys like you said hitting hits their irons. It's going to have a lot of opportunities on part fours. And um, he just doesn't fit into that mantra for me. Uh, right. Yeah, I got you on that. What about your uh, What about your guy? We talked about him last week a little bit. Matthew Wolf is still, even even with the strength of this field, Matthew Wolf is still 6,800 this week. Um, four par fives. What are you thinking on Matty? I think you got to have Matt Wolf. And uh, Gordon in a lot of lineups. A lot of lineups. I like it. I like it. It's explosive guys. I mean, they're they're explosive players. And that's what you're looking for uh, on a week like this where, you know, it's probably going to take 20-plus under to win. Um, You're making GPP lineups, trying to take down a large field tournament. Um, you want explosive players, guys that can go out there and post scores. You want a guy that can go out there and shoot 63. Um, and, I, and I like both those guys as far as being capable of doing that. Um, yeah. Maybe my steal of the week, if we're talking just the dude feels way too cheap to me, um, Wesley Brown, 6,500. Um Gained almost eight strokes with his irons last week. Um, made the cut at Hilton Head. Kind of slowly working himself back into form. He's been injured, coming back. But I feel like at 65, he's way underpriced. Um, I feel like he's one of those guys, even if he misses a cut, he's still too cheap. <laughs> you almost got to take a shot on him with the way he hit his irons last week. Um, we're always looking for ball strikers and – Man, he was he was lots out on approach last week. So he he's maybe my my favorite cheap cheap play. Uh, I don't know that I'll be dipping below him, uh, but at sixty five hundred, man, he's got a great chance of making the cut. Maybe maybe making a little run in this thing. 
Yeah, I mean, we know that he can one putt every hole. So I think we've seen it before. And that's what he's gonna have to do to be in the. But I mean, that's what you're these big these big field tournaments. That's what you're looking for. Yeah. Uh, my my guy that nobody's talking about has played well over recent history is uh uh you know we're still out on Kisner right until he starts hitting the ball better. Yeah, I, I was I was so which we talked about him back at back at Colonial. I was so uh, in on Kisner <clears throat> at Hilton Head, and he just man, he just doesn't make enough birdies. Uh, not saying he can't do it, but for me right now, he just doesn't make enough birdies for me. Um, so I, I I'm probably not going to be there with Kisner. Um, there's some guys in that range that are that are solid players, but you know Varner with his ownership, I do like his birdie making ability. Um, but that's probably why he's projected to be popular. Right above him, you got Maverick McNeely, um, who can who can make some birdies and is an explosive player. Um, you got Snads and Harmon there, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm out on Kisner, man. I, I just can't go back down that road yet. That's my fate of the that's my fate of the week, man. You got you cannot play, and here's why. Like I said, till he starts hitting it better. I mean, we we thought the first three turns were like that was his hotbed, right? His chance. I'm not saying the chance. Yeah. Of anything, but yeah. The course is course is set up perfectly for him. Um, shorter courses um, where he played well in the past. I mean, you feel like if he was gonna gonna contend or maybe grab a grab a win, uh, he had. He had a couple of great chances there right off the bat at Colonial and, and Harbor Town. Right. Yeah, him. Somebody I like in that area that nobody's going to be talking about is uh, Alex Norton. Uh, dude can roll the rock. He obviously hits it well. And when he gets the rock, well, like say, you know, say him and Brandon Grace right there at the same price point. Brandon Grace seems like never makes a putt. Uh, Alex Norton at least can get hot with the putter. And, and and get really hot with the putter. And that's the difference uh, in that price range for me. Um, not saying that Alex Norton is necessarily – he's never going to make up to the hype that they came over the pond with. But uh, the dude can play. And um, on this particular style of golf course, like you said, I, I like Varner too, but I don't like him whenever 20% of the field's going to own him. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I actually looked at Norton. Um he kind of caught my eye there too, and I looked at him. The irons just aren't there right now. He's been making cuts. He, he seems like he's heading in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been making cuts, made a ton of cuts over the swing season. Um, but his iron play just isn't there. It's one of those things where you're just kind of hoping it can turn around. Um, Grace, Grace is one of those guys that I want on hard, tough golf courses um, where par is a good score. I don't know that he's just going to go out there and make a ton of birdies and and eat the par fives up. Um, So I don't know that I'll get there with Grace. That's about it for me, man. In the seven K range, really. Yeah. We we I think I I think I talked talked earlier that it's a normally I'm a balanced guy, but I think this week it's a jam them in there, jam you two in there up top that you like. Uh, I mean, for me, I'm probably going to go like Hovland, Bryson, but you can jam you two in there up top that you really like. And then, 
you know, play with some stuff down in that lower end, try to find some explosive guys maybe that score well on par fives uh, or, or have been uh, kind of trending in the right direction ball striking wise. That, that's what I'll be doing down there. Um, that That's kind of my direction. It's just one of those tournaments. It's a much weaker field than we see, which kind of throws pricing out of whack. It, we're not really used to this type of pricing. Uh, it's not something we normally normally see this time of year. Um, this field isn't as strong. So you're naturally going to be taking some more chances with guys. Um, but kind of my way of looking at it is I want to lock in a couple guys up top that I really, really expect to play well. And then if I'm going to be taking a chance on a guy in the 8Ks, why not just drop down take a chance on a guy low 7, high 6s, make sure I – I jam a couple of elite guys in there. That, that's kind of my thought process for this week. Yeah, I got you. Uh, and it's going to be a hard week. So, uh, I do like the, what do you call them, stars and scrubs? Yeah, man. Yeah, stars and scrubs. I, I want to get a couple of elite guys in there. And, I, and I'm willing to go down the board this week in order to do that. Yeah. Well, I think we've uh, run long enough for tonight. But uh, – Good luck with it. Let's see if you can go back-to-back this week, right? Back-to-back, no pressure. And, 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 and <laughs> this, is the, this is the vacation episode. You might have some You might have some vacation swag coming, so this might hey, be your week. Well, I was about to say, uh, we're coming for blood on Saturday since we didn't get the re-invite. <sighs> Don't look at me, man. <laughs> you know, I'm, always, I'm always hashtag team four. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Especially uh, Eddie. I mean uh, – I'm gonna I'm gonna miss playing with Eddie just because I won't get to hear Garth Brooks. Yep, yep. For those that don't know, my dad listens to Garth Brooks. Not only the whole time. What was it? I mean, you're gonna play golf within five hours. You're not, you're you're gonna hear music the entire time and nobody but Garth. Are we willing to are we willing to rank Ed Poor in the in a as a top ten Garth Brooks fan worldwide? Are we willing to get him up there? Is he that fanatical, or is he more like top 500 Garth Brooks fan? He's He has seen him in concert more than five times. I will say Strong. that. Strong. Strong. The thunder, the thunder rolls, baby. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right, man. I got to get in bed. So, All right. Uh, All right. It's good talking to you, man. See you. See you.